0: What's up, what's up, what's up? Welcome to the Mitch Davis Show. Birmingham Bull Covers. We got Mr. Jim Lauk on the phone today. He's going to talk all things South Florida football. Got a big interview today. He has been the voice of the South Florida Bull football team since 1997 and has been with the university since 1983. Thank you all for joining us and hope you all enjoy this interview. We got Mr. Jim Lauk on the phone. Mr. Jim, how are you doing today? I'm good, thank you. Good. You, uh, you've you been with the South Florida football team since the inaugural season in 1997. I, that has been, we uh, found that out yesterday. That's a pretty awesome deal. Um, I, we greatly, greatly appreciate you coming on the show, and we're very honored to have you. Oh, thanks. No problem. So we're going to jump right in to uh, a couple questions about South Florida football. What is the general consensus going into the Birmingham Bowl? I know you guys went there last year. What is the general consensus around the fan base going into this uh, Birmingham Bowl in a couple weeks? I think it's a mixed
1: bag. I think if you ask the general fan base in September were you envisioning going back to Birmingham for a second straight year for a bowl game the answer would have been no uh, they uh, they certainly had their hopes pinned on a conference championship and maybe a New Year's Day bowl and the team didn't miss it by much but they took a four-point loss against Houston and a seven point loss against UCF so that changed things a little bit uh, you know Birmingham as you mentioned is the second time in a row third time in 11 years the bowl have been there, but all that said, it's a really nice bowl game. It's very well run. It's not too far for Bulls fans to get to, and of course, it's a great opponent in Texas Tech. So
0: there's a lot of positives as well. It looks like this game is going to be a very high-powered offensive game, especially with UCF. You know, ranking. I mean, Quentin Flowers has a 53.4 completion rate, 2,600 yards this year. I mean, and the and the offense has been absolutely phenomenal. Kind of give us a little bit of what to expect going into the bowl season with this high-powered offense that UCF, USF has had. Well, both of these
1: teams, the Bulls and Texas Tech, are averaging more than 34 points a game, so you would certainly think it was going to be a high-scoring game. Uh, the Bulls uh, had a long, long streak of consecutive games of 30 points or more, in fact, the longest in college football history until Houston broke that streak about two-thirds of the way through the season. So it's two very capable offenses, and it very well be one of those games where whoever has the ball last is going to decide who wins the game. You know, last year uh, in Birmingham, the Bulls had one of those games against South Carolina with USF winning 46-39 to in overtime. So it it is the type of game that USF tends to play at times and with an opponent like Texas Tech, certainly
0: possible it could happen again. I think the I think this game with Texas Tech is gonna be a very good matchup. I mean Texas Tech's very improved on defense from last year. And you look at South Florida's defense, I mean they're ranking, you know, top ten in the country on you know on some of the defenses. I mean they're twenty-eighth in total defense and twenty-second in rush defense. And I mean, they've done a really good job on stopping the run, especially this year. I mean, especially with uh, the, I think it's Josh Allen, if if I'm not mistaken, from uh, who, um, not Josh Allen, I can't think of a defensive player. Um, But you know, the defense on USF has done really well, and then you've got, Like I said, the senior quarterback in Quentin Flowers, how are you going to replace Quentin Flowers going into the offseason? I know he's a senior this year. I mean, the guy has had a phenomenal career in South Florida. Yeah, he's, uh, he's been a dynamic
1: player, no doubt about that. If he throws just one touchdown pass in the game against Texas Tech, he'll set the all-time USF record, and he'll probably set the uh, all-time yardage record for the conference as well. There's a couple of guys that have been in waiting behind Flowers, Brett Keane and Chris Oladokin. One is a sophomore, one is a redshirt freshman. And those are probably the two guys that are going to kind of battle it out uh, leading up to next year to see who the starting quarterback is going to be. Flowers uh, didn't play a whole lot in his freshman year, but he was a full-time starter, sophomore, junior, senior. So he's been the guy for a long time. It's definitely going to be a transition, but uh, the coaching staff feels that between Keen and Oladokun, they've got a couple of good Options for carrying on next year.
0: And with that, with that question, I'm going to ask you a little recruiting question. You've you guys have done really well in recruiting. You've got 23 guys committed, 21 from Florida. How many of those guys do Charlie Strong and the coaching staff expect to, you know, stay with South Florida with the coaching changes at Florida or at the other universities across the state? You know, at Central Florida and at Florida State. How many of those in-state guys does Coach Strong and the uh, South Florida staff expect to keep on early signing day coming up?
1: Well, we all know the word commitment is uh, is kind of uh, maybe a misnomer when some of these. Uh, high school students uh, announced so early and then change in the course of time. You know, there's an influx of new coaches in the state of Florida, obviously, but I don't know that that changes very much. Uh, This has been the major leagues of college recruiting in the state of Florida for quite some time. And, uh, you know, the, the saving grace, I think, for all of these programs is the sheer number of talented high school players that the state of Florida turns out there's a lot to choose from i'm sure the usf coaching staff would tell you that their their commitments are strong and that things aren't going to change based on the coaching changes around the state but it's ultra competitive and uh, you never quite know till signing day it's interesting of all the fbs schools in the state of florida with all the coaching change, mark rick did miami is now the longest tenured head coach of any FBS program in the state of Florida, and he's been there two years. So I think with all of these coaches, the, the guys that can ultimately stand the test of time and, and uh, create a, a long-standing stay
0: at their university are probably going to have a little advantage in the future. And I, I, I agree with that completely. You know... I cover a lot of SEC football, especially, you know, living in Memphis or whatever. You also cover the AAC in Memphis. And you look at the AAC landscape, the AAC is one of these conferences that's here to stay. You know, you look at what uh, USF's been doing, what Memphis has been doing, and what UCF's been doing. Kind of give us a little bit, especially going into, like, you know, SEC country or Big Ten country. Kind of give... You know, inside of, you know, what the AAC is all about, you know, especially with those three teams I mentioned with South Florida, Memphis, and then Central Florida, just kind of, I mean, those three are pretty, can beat anybody pretty much in the country with the exception of maybe Alabama, Clemson, you know. I mean, these teams are a really good team. It's a really competitive league. You know, I go to a lot of Memphis games, and it's a very competitive league. A lot of uh,
1: American teams in the top 25 throughout the season, it is a very competitive league and probably a good way to illustrate that is to look at USF's record in the last two years uh, heading into this bowl game in the last two years, the Bulls are 20-4 and four, and they've only lost... Three conference games in two years. With that record, not only do they not own a conference championship game, they haven't even been to the conference championship title game yet. So uh, it's, it's very difficult to win consistently in this league. Uh, you know, the the brand of football is very strong, and, and you know it should be improving as time goes on. I think the biggest challenge that this league has is maintaining their coaches because you do see a lot of coaching changes, a lot of guys heading from the ACC to the P5, which has happened in a couple of
0: instances again this year. Yeah, and you know, I heard Charlie Strong's name, you know, kind of thrown out for a couple jobs. I'm glad, you know, he's staying at South Florida. I mean, you know, and Mike Norvell at Memphis as well. Those coaches... You know, the brand of the AAC, like we said, finding that consistency is kind of key to keeping those coaches at home a little bit. And, you know, it's good to see Mike Norvell and Charlie Strong staying at both respective universities when other uh, P5 conferences come knocking. You know, and that's a – you
1: definitely need some continuity within the league and within the programs for recruiting and for the donor base and for the ticket buying base. So you know if you can if you can accomplish that, that's a great thing. But it becomes harder and harder in today's college football landscape. And now with this early signing day that's going to take place in December, that's why you see the changes start happening quickly and at such a dizzying pace right after the regular season ends. I mean I'm not sure we've had a December and coaching
0: changes ever like we've had this year. It's been a crazy, crazy one to follow. I mean you look at big programs, you know, like Tennessee or, you know, Arkansas per se, and it's it's, it's insane to watch, you know, how the coaching turnover kinda works, especially like you said with the early signing day. We're gonna Yeah, it's it's different, definitely. We're going to switch gears a little bit. Um, South Florida just signed a big uh, shoe apparel deal with uh, Adidas. Kind of go into that and kind of tell us about what that means for South Florida football a little bit and South Florida athletics as a whole. <laughs>
1: For eight years, and actually will continue to be until July of 2018. Whenever a contract comes up, uh, you know you get a chance to evaluate the marketplace and the uh, the partnership with Adidas uh, was the best route for USF uh, to go with, and that's become such a crucial decision for every university, uh, just because of the product you receive and obviously the dollars involved and the merchandise that you uh, hope your fan base will buy. Uh, so it's, it's very important, and as USF looked through the landscape uh, with this contract up, they felt the Adidas partnership made the most sense. So this will
0: be a, an eight-year deal with them starting in July of next year. And a, and a big thing about With these shoe apparels is You know recruits like the flashy uniforms And USF's always had pretty You know pretty nice uniforms And now with Adidas you know Adidas is known For kind of the wilder statement You know per se with basketball uniforms And with football uniforms I think it also could help y'all's recruiting as well Well over the years,
1: you know, used it wasn't that many years ago you had one uniform and that was it, and now you have alternates and you have different helmets and, and all sorts of different looks, and uh, it's become obviously a massively big business, and sure, you know, recruiting is, is a thing that, uh, that plays into it as well, when you get on television as much as USF does, and you get a chance to show off the
0: look, that becomes uh, another rec- recruiting tool and then you know we see that every day now we got two more questions for you and we'll let you go for the day the, uh, the second to last question here is you've been covering USF athletics since 1983 and football since the start of its you know inaugural season in 97 what is the one memory of usf football or athletics that just sticks out to you you know that usf fans can remember as well
1: would say probably the inaugural football game uh, in 1997 for a couple of reasons. First of all, it was just such a long journey to get to that game. You know, the uh, the feasibility studies for football dated back to the late 1980s. So a lot of people worked for a lot of years just to get up to that inaugural game, and it was quite a sight to see. We played it in the old Tampa Stadium precursor to Raymond James Stadium and were able to put 50,000 people in for the first game we played Kentucky Wesleyan, we scored 80 points against them and it was just a, a remarkable night uh, to see that many USF fans to see us playing football and then to have that kind of result in the very first game was pretty memorable so that's, that's probably the, the
0: top of all the years here that's that's and now you know usf hasn't slowed down i mean they're a a well-known you know team now i mean you hear south florida you hear you know you think of south florida and you think of the bulls football and that's a you know an amazing story sometimes so the last question if you're you know with early signing day coming up how would you pitch the south florida program to a young 17 year old kid looking to come to south florida
1: I think there's a lot of things to look at uh, you know obviously it's a great university uh, it is a, a football program that has already accomplished a lot and still has a, a big future in front of it you get to play your games at an NFL facility that Campus is beautiful here. You're going to be on TV uh, in every game. And, you know, there's a, there's a legacy of winning here. This is going to be already for the Bulls, uh, their 10th bowl game. And this program is only 21 years old. That's a pretty amazing record. Uh, It'll be the third bowl game in a row for USF. And, uh, you know, in this league, there's an opportunity, obviously, to get to a New Year's Six Bowl game. So there's there's a lot to sell, definitely, here. And obviously, the climate plays into it. The, uh, the part of the country plays into it. And, you know, as you look at our roster, as you mentioned earlier, a very, very high percentage of our players are from the state of Florida. So it also creates a chance to, to stay home or at least stay in your home state and, uh, and be close to your family. So I think all those things are, are among the things that coaches are, are
0: pitching as they, uh, as they go out on the road. Yes, sir. Well, we greatly appreciate you joining the show. It's been a great pleasure of ours. I look forward to seeing you in Birmingham. All right. Sounds good. Thank you.